Let's get real. Welcome to TBC Today. This podcast features friends in and around the Triad Baptist Church community. Hear encouraging real-life stories from our weekly guests and inspiring insights from our host, Pastor Rob. To learn more about Triad Baptist Church in Kernersville, North Carolina, visit us online at tbcnow.org. Well, I hope you're ready for an exciting episode today. Uh, we've got a great guest here with us. We're going to be talking about our academy, Triad Baptist Christian Academy. We're going to be talking about basketball. We're going to be talking about sales. We're going to talk about a lot of things this morning. Our guest is Coach Michael Bowers, here to have a conversation with Pastor Rob. You've been married for 19 years. That is correct. Three kids. That is correct. And yes. has been coaching for 21 years. That's that pretty is. incredible. Yeah. And 11 years at our academy. So our academy mm. is about 20 years old, really. Mm. And so you've been here pretty much from the beginning of the mm. athletics the yeah, athletic we, yeah, program here. Yeah, that's correct. Currently in sales. And uh, so, Pastor Rob, let's get this conversation started. All right. Great. Great to have you, Michael. Thank We're you. really Thanks excited about me. you being here. Absolutely. One thing uh, we want to do is kind of get a little feel for your life before we get into maybe the athletic side. Sure. But tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you grew up and how you ended up where you are today. Okay. I, uh, I grew up in a small town um, called Hayes, North Carolina, which is outside of North Wilkesboro. So I grew up in Wilkes County. Um, I've have a have an older sister, so I'm the youngest of youngest of two, mm. and but I came from a very big family. My mother was the oldest of ten children, mm. and my father was number six of seven children. Wow! So wow. we had two big families growing up, and so we spent a lot of time together. Um, a lot of Sundays with you know lunch and that that traditional family of um, time growing up was hanging around a lot of cousins, a lot of aunts and uncles, and so that was kind of my life growing up we spent a lot of time in church uh, my father was a Sunday school teacher my mother was a secretary of our I say a small church but for a country church we had about 200 people 200 uh, uh, attendees oh, pretty so good size, yeah. it is pretty good size for a for, for a country church and so that was um, that was kind of my kind of my life growing up I, I, I did spend a lot of time with family and um, were you a baller growing up were you always into basketball? I was always into basketball. I was. Um, I was always into sports. I probably have to give credit to my dad on that one because he was an athlete. He was uh, big into baseball. Probably, probably, I guess baseball is probably his biggest love. He loved baseball. He loved basketball. And so he was athletic, and he was competing in, in sports all the way up into his 60s. Wow. And wow. so just to be at that, at that level and, and playing recreational sports – it just really drove drove me just to see him staying active and, and doing that doing those things. What made him quit at sixty? Did he fall over or something <laughs> just, one day? Uh, well, just age. I know he was playing. I think he was playing first base, and he got a ground ball, and it took a weird hop, and it uh, dislocated, broke his finger, and he was like, "Yeah, I should probably be stopping this." I mean, you know, even but that was a minor injury. Yeah, it was yeah. a minor injury, but I think he just. No, I've thought about that too, but I quit around 40 from softball because <laughs> the guys yeah. who would miss the home runs, they yeah. usually hit home runs. If they didn't hit the ball right, it'd come down third base. And <laughs> you, they hit my heart, my mitt so hard. I was like, oh, my soul, yeah. I'm getting out of this. <laughs> yeah, but he was, I mean, he was always active. He was always um, hitting fly balls to me as a kid, playing the driveway. Um, well, how did, we shift just, to, how did it shift to basketball? Well, he had a love for basketball, too. He did. Um, he was, I guess it was probably a balance of both. And so that was just my passion. My passion was more toward basketball than it was baseball. I did play baseball growing up um, some, but not, not to the level that I did basketball. 
but you uh, played in high school? I did. I did. Uh, what position? Uh, basketball was a point guard. Point guard? Point guard in basketball. Oh, okay. And so. Who were your heroes back then in ball? Oh, Larry Bird by far. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Yes, oh, yeah. Even yes, though he wasn't sir. a point guard, but he was my – I was a big Celtics fan, and so I loved uh, Mikhail, Parrish, Bird, Dennis Johnson, all those guys. That, oh, that, wow. that was my team. I was an anti-Lakers fan, so for any <laughs> Lakers fans that's listening out there, <laughs> I was not a Lakers fan. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's good. Uh, certainly not a Detroit Pistons fan either. That no, no, no. They no, hated no. that one. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's cool. But that's that's kind of where my where my love started was uh, was – was around my dad. He would, um, we would go to high school games. So he would take me to the local lo- local high school um, where I would go and, and, and play. And so we would go to those games on Friday nights, so the football games and basketball games, and we'd go watch and play baseball. We would go to some college games. We would go to minor league, minor league baseball. Back before it was the Winston-Salem uh, Dash now, it used to be the Winston-Salem Red Sox. So we used to go watch the Winston-Salem Red Sox and the Winston-Salem Spirits before it was the Warthogs and before it was the yeah. Ash. So yeah, it goes cool. way, way back, way back. Uh, okay, uh, so what happened after high school? What, what, Where did you decide to go to school? I went to Gardner-Webb. Gardner-Webb? I did. Um, I went there for a year. And so out of high school, I was being recruited for basketball, and mainly, mainly around four schools. So it was Gardner-Webb, who was the NAI at the time, uh, Lenore Ryan, they were in the same conference, uh, Emory and Henry up in Emory, Virginia, mm. and then also Guilford here locally. And so I was recruited by those four, and so I chose Gardner-Webb to go there as a walk-on, didn't get any scholarship money, and I quickly found out that um, an above-average high school player is a well-below-average college player. <laughs> <laughs> I found that out pretty quickly. And so I, I stayed for one year. I transferred to, to Appalachian State. I graduated from there in business and Didn't play economics. ball for Appalachian State. I did not. I did not. So I kind of took a – I don't know. I guess I, I kind of lost a fire for basketball there for a while. I didn't really play that much. I would play some recreational stuff in college, but I just kind of got out of it. So when did you start coaching? Well, I got into that um, probably my senior year of high school. It okay. was kind of an odd request. Um, my high school coach at the time, we had a freshman team, a JV team, and a varsity team. And so our freshman team, he wanted to put in a new offense, and so it was one that we had been using. He said, hey, I want you to go down and, and work with them. I don't want you to play. I don't want you to play. I want, I want to see you go down there. And I said, I don't, I don't really have a desire to do that. He said, well, I, I think you can do well with it. So I went down and I worked with the freshman, even though I was a senior. Wow. And That's that kind cool. of sparked it. I was like, man, I, I kind of like this. Mm-hmm. And so at that level, it really almost kind of com- almost changed my competitive juices from playing to coaching. And so um, I think that was probably the first spark that I wow. had. Where did you coach after that, like after you coached in high school like that to a ninth grader? Um, after that, well, I went, went on to college and did that. And so I, um, I didn't really coach throughout, throughout college. And then once I got out of high school, I got a business education degree. And so my former high school coach asked me to come back. And he said, hey, we got a position open at the school. Why don't you teach? And why don't you take the freshman team? So I was taking the team that I had worked with as a senior and taking that position. So I did that for a year. Um, I taught. And then the next year I did JV Girls. Um, and then the next year after that I 
uh, I moved schools. I went to another school, and I became the JV boys coach. So that's kind of how my coaching got started mm-hmm. out of college. Now, were you working a side job, or were you working No, I was teaching. I was teaching. Totally teaching. Totally teaching. But that wasn't your degree. It was business, you said. It was business education, and then I had a minor in economics. So what I did see. you teach? What were you teaching? I was teaching business classes. I was okay. teaching uh, technical math. Um, I even taught some SAT prep, too, which I felt very uncomfortable <laughs> teaching that one, especially the English side of it. But um, I taught accounting in high school. Um, I would teach some computer classes. I think they called it computer applications yeah. back at that time. Word, Excel, PowerPoint, a lot of your business type type programs. So you loved it? I did. I did. I loved, uh, I loved the teaching part. I think that's why I like coaching and really why I like sales because I kind of look at my sales job as a teaching as a teaching. Uh, well, why did you leave uh, teaching to go into sales? I wanted something different, and so I had the opportunity to go on and get a master's degree. So I went uh, after I graduated from, from Appalachian State, I went back to Gardner-Webb, and I got an MBA from there. And so when I did that, I wanted to go into, wanted to go into business. Before I got my master's, I had met Kendra, and so I was 25 at the time when I met her. And so it took me two years to get a master's degree, and then I remember graduating in May. We got married in July. She got accepted to pharmacy school, and so we moved to Raleigh. Wow. And How about that? that was the change, yeah. So you only went to pharmacy, you went to Raleigh for her to finish school. That's right. And were you kind of taken out of the teaching role then? I went there to be a teacher. Um, so I worked for, I worked there for a few months, I think it was one semester, uh, until I could find something that I, that I really wanted to do in sales. And so the opportunity came up, and so I got out of the teaching at that point, and that was in 2002. I see. Was that with Strong Ties? Or it was. was that? Yeah, that was okay. with Simpson. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that's Simpson. incredible. Yeah. Now, so, how did you first see uh, Kendra? What what caught your eye there? Well, we met through my college roommate. Um, actually, is married to her best friend from high school, and so we actually met through them. And so it was kind of a kind of a blind date we were set up it, on. So you were set up. Yeah, I was set up. I was set up, <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> and it worked. It worked. <laughs> so uh, yeah, my my college roommate, and like I said, he married um, he married her friend. Mm-hmm. I think they got married in February of O two and then we got married in July of O two. How about that? That's cool. Yep. And so. and she's from that area too though, right? From where she's you're at? from uh she's from the Elkin area. Mm-hmm. But it's not too far from No, not far. Yeah. We never knew each never other. Never knew each other. Our parents have always grown up in that area and our parents never knew each other. It's the craziest thing to uh, be such wow. a small town with it, yeah. but they never knew each other. How about that? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, tell us a little bit, pick it up from there. So you went to work for in for, Raleigh for mm-hmm. Strong, or yeah, Simpson, for Simpson, and yep. then uh, your wife finishes pharmacy school, pharmacy school. Where do you go from there? So from there, we come here. And so that's, we come here in 2005, and so we're, um, she finished her third year pharmacy school, so her fourth year, she's in rotations, and so she gets to pick her region in North Carolina that she wants to go to. So one of the regions was based out of um, Winston-Salem. So she did her rotations with Baptist Hospital and Moses Cone and those. And so it brought us to Kernersville because Aiden and Stephanie Stoltzfus, that's Kendra's cousin. So we had some family. We had a little bit of familiarity here. We wanted to move a little bit closer back toward home, but we didn't want to go back to Wilkes because my job couldn't take me there yeah. at the time. And so we wound up here in Kernersville, and that's how we found Triad. You say your job couldn't take you there. Was there just the it connections was, here in Winston? And it was just my territory. I see. Uh, my you ter- had to live in that area. Yeah, I had to live in that area, and so Winston Salem was as far west as I was as I was covering at that time. Okay, so I was covering Winston Salem, Greensboro, High Point, Raleigh, Fayetteville, and in those areas. And so, really living back in Wilkes or living in Elkin, it was just it was just too far. Mm-hmm. It was just adding more travel I see. time. 
perspective. Yeah. So if you look at that, then that makes sense to me a little more now about your life, because mm -hmm. when the Christian school was getting started, you were already a member here a, a, a couple, three years maybe, or were, did you only come because of the school? Well, no, I st we started in 2005. Okay. So we started coming here. We started attending in 2005. It was a couple years after that before we actually joined, officially joined. Yeah. And But um, really the Christian school wasn't the reason that we came here. We, we had some familiarity with, with some people that we knew. And it was really the only church that we ever attended. We've never attended wow. another church here Except in the your home church you grew up in. Except the home church we grew up in. So I since we've that. been here, we've never attended another church wow. in Forsyth County and Curtin, nothing. We've never and you can't leave either. We can't <laughs> leave now. Yeah, now we're tied. <laughs> so really, when you came here and your kids go into the Christian school, did you already have in the back of your mind, I'd I uh, like to get involved maybe in sports, or was that not really, no, you weren't thinking that? No, it wasn't really that at all. Um, I had... Kind of whenever we came here, I, I kind of backtracked to um, to public school. This was this was 2002. This was 19 years ago. You could kind of see where where my heart was in education, and I'd kind of always talk to Kendra about. I said, if we can ever do it, if we can ever make it work, um, I want our kids to go to a Christian school because it was never the opportunity for her and I to be able to do that. We both went to public school, and it was it was a great it was a great experience for us. But we always wanted to do that. Hmm. And so just going here and then making some of the connections in the church with our first with our first kid. And so we made connections with, with people who were sending their kids here to the academy. And so we wanted to be a part of that. And then kind of go to go to, to the coaching side, when Ethan was in kindergarten, um, we didn't have any athletics. So athletics hadn't even hadn't even began at that time. I think we went through the sixth grade. Right. And so the next year, of course, was seventh grade, and T.W. Webb was the principal at the time. And he comes up and he goes, I hear that you've been a coach in the past. <laughs> I hear you have some experience in, in, in these kind of things. What do you think about starting a program from scratch? We don't have one, and you make it what you want to make it. What do you think? I thought, that's Kind of sounds intriguing, but also sounds like a lot of work. Because <laughs> usually there's yeah. usually there's some groundwork laid yeah. somewhere, whatever you wherever you go. And so this was um, just a fresh start. Wow! And so that, I didn't realize that you were kind of the that's the how it started beginner of our athletic program. That's how it started. And you were cool. just a member, really. We didn't have you in any kind of leadership at all, did we, at the church at the time? I was. I don't know about at the time. Um, Maybe I, helping in a Sunday school or something. I was. Uh, probably doing that i've been doing something with the baptism baptism committee i've been um okay. help, i've been helping with upward i think i'd been i'd done some upward basketball upward football and but you've like always that. been pretty involved with the church you've taught sunday school yes mm -hmm. you serve as a deacon yes currently of course he's on you're on our school board you're yes. the chairman of our school mm -hmm. board yeah. For the academy. People so have no idea been. how much. I know. You have no lot. idea how much we've abused him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And continue to do that. I can that. only imagine oh, you working for him. I know how his brain works. I mean, it's unbelievable. You have served as a facilitator over the Christian school and the deacon board. Right. And I don't know, even know if you wrote, you've rotated off every now and then. But yeah. honestly, you have had a high level of commitment from the Christian school, but also in the church as well. And it's, it's right. incredible. I mean, I'm so appreciative. Well, I, I like you. people like you. I try to find you all the time. I'm hunting you down. <laughs> but uh, that's why he calls me a lot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's but, great. but it's that's a person awesome. I feel like we can trust. And that's right. one thing Thank I you. see in him is just a steady, continue at it, trustworthy type person that, you know, you don't, you can you literally like T.W. Webb, 
take it where you want to go and it's yours mm -hmm. and literally that's what we've done with him in so many things so it's kind of fun uh, yeah. to have you a part did of that did you sit down and write out a list of goals and dreams when you when he asked you that or i did yeah i did write out write out a few of those things um i do refer back to them every mm -hmm. probably about once a year or so yeah. maybe the beginning of the beginning of basketball but um you know our first year it was it, it was tough mm. it was tough because we started off with middle school yeah. and we were playing fifth sixth and seventh grade so a funny story we had 10 boys we had 10 guys in the fifth sixth and seventh grade total that was we had a total of 10 and we had 10 players on our basketball team all 10 boys were playing and so we had a few that had threatened to quit and so I wouldn't let them <laughs> I wouldn't let them quit I'd call their parents and say we can't we can't afford them to quit yeah and so that was that was where we started. Wow! Yeah, and so that's pretty that cool. is incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And they'll probably look back at that. Uh, yeah, I can and think so. of you know those were some of the greatest. <laughs> games. You know, and you've always, I mean, honestly, for a uh, starting up program here over the years, you have always struggled to have like this quality Division One, you know, team that was yeah, just going to yeah. dominate. That's and right. but you've just kept at it, and that's kind of cool to know. Um, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with that? Like, you, you don't have many winning seasons or you maybe just barely have a winning well, season. I think it goes back to the goals. Like, you talked about the dreams of um, – I think that was a big thing. And then I think also maybe some of the impact I've had, some of the impact other coaches have had uh, on me as mm -hmm. far as knowing what does, what does success look like. And success is not always in wins and losses. Mm -hmm. Success is not always in trophies in the trophy case or – uh, banners hanging in the gym. That's great to have, and we play for those things, mm -hmm. but that's not always our definition of success. So you so really put – go ahead. I was just going to uh, add that you really – I mean, uh, that's a nice thing to say. It is a nice Anybody thing. Anybody would is. hear that on the radio and say, you know, that's a nice right. thing to say, but you really believe that. I mean, I you do. really believe that it's okay not to have a winning season. It's okay to have just maybe a barely winning season, and I know I've built into these kids and – you know, it's just not a Larry Bird kind of approach to life, it's, you know. And, and I don't know if I would say that it's okay to have a, win, have a losing season. I don't know if I would say <laughs> But I think that we um, – a lot of times we – I think I can maybe, maybe phrase it like this, is that I think I look at our program as a program not needing kids, but I think kids need our program. Wow. And That's good. I think that – we practice to win. We play to win. So when, when we're in the locker room, we have our goals. We have our strategy as far as how we can win the game. Mm -hmm. But I very rarely use the word win. I always use the term success. And so how do we view success? And I don't, I don't really think that it's a pinnacle. I don't think once you reach this certain level, then you're successful. I think that there are small successes along the way. Mm -hmm. We can have a successful practice on Thursday. And I can feel really good about Thursday. And Friday night, we come in and we can't, we can't, we can't put it in the water for standing in the boat. You know what I mean? We we just can't, we just yeah. can't do those things. Um, but that doesn't mean that that we're not successful. And we do we do play to win, and we do practice to win. But I think that um, our there's a lot more out of it yeah. than than just that. Well, you know, you think about it. Uh, what percentage of kids make it to the NBA? I think it's like 0.03% of everybody yeah. who tries to make it. It's really uh, ridiculously competitive. And yet, at the same time, it's almost like maybe God didn't carve those kids out that way or didn't carve everybody out that way. And that's not the pinnacle of life to play for the NBA. It's not. 
the yeah. pinnacle of life really is, you know, in your walk with God. Who is who am I as a child of God? Sure. And then how do I see that happening and enjoying sports right. and enjoying the competition and then God using that and steering my life? Like it had to be a blow for you when you realized I'm not going to be playing in the uh, NAI, you know, and yeah. uh, that had to be hard for you as a kid to kind of come to grips with that and realize, well, I got to move forward. Yeah. And I think that, too, that I think a lot of times teenagers, because we've had we've had guys that that are that are playing college basketball now, and they've they've made it to that to that level, but I mean college basketball only lasts four years. That's it. And so at the age of 22, 23 years old, their college career is over. Mm-hmm. And so now, what are they doing for the next 40, 50, 60 years of their life after that? And can they take? Are they taking what we're teaching here in basketball? And the life lessons that we're teaching in humility and being determined and being disciplined and, and overcoming obstacles and, and those kind of things, uh, kind of believing in the process of, of every day. And are they taking those things and can they apply them once they leave here, once they go to college, whether they play sports or not, and then once they move on to their career, can they, do, can they use those things? Because that was, that was really big for me, um, just the impact that, that certain people have had. Right. And, you know, I think about um, those things about – why I coach because I ask myself that every year I mean why why am I coaching you know why why am I doing this and then I look at the process why do I why am I coaching the way that I coach do I need to change anything are there any any things that I maybe I don't like that uh, that I need to change was there a coach that was very inspirational had a great influence on you and what did you learn from that coach I think there were a couple of them um my high school coach was was really big on. Um, he was a former college coach, and so he came back to his alma mater and finished out his coaching career uh, as our high school coach. And so he he meant a lot to me. He's he passed um, probably eight or ten years ago. But his name was Jim Wiles, and so he had a big influence on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, really poured into me, and then later on in life when I got into my coaching career I actually got to I was very very fortunate to get to spend some time with Roy Williams and also get to spend some time with Tubby Smith who's at High Point yeah. and then he was at the University of Kentucky and so I would go and I would work I was single at the time I was teaching school I had summers off so I loved basketball and I wanted to get into coaching so I would go and work basketball wow. camps and so even when Roy Williams was at Kansas I would go to Kansas and stay for a month during the summer I would live on campus, I would work for him, I would work camps, I would get to know him and talk to him, and I would just really see how he builds relationships with his players, and um, that that had a big influence on me. Wow. He seems so uh, <laughs> non-relational, like to me, He's, from the TV side of it, he just seems angry and we got to win, no, and that's all it's no, about, but you're saying that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. He's very he he builds relationships with those kids and uh, with his players, and I think it really shows whenever you kind of get behind the scenes and see how they interact. And that was a couple of things that um, that I really that I really took. And um, I can't remember who said this. I don't think it was him, but I can't remember who said it. But he was talking about as a coach, you have to be very demanding, but you cannot be demeaning. Mm. I'm like I I really like that. Hmm. I really like that. Yeah. You can you can be very demanding and you can be very loving, um, but and I think that kids expect that. Yeah. I really yeah. believe that, I really believe that they want that. They want those they want Pushed. those demanding people. They want that mm-hmm. structure. They want that that culture that's there, but um, the demeaning part has to yeah. has to stay right. out. 
Yeah, and I can think of coaches that did that. They would shame the kid. That's exactly to right. get him to bring out his that's best, right. and all it did was make him angry to that's do correct. it. That's correct. Yeah. And that's that's a wonderful wonderful thought there. Well, tell us a little bit about your year this year in basketball and how are things going. Um, this year we're going to be very young, so we lost five seniors off last year's team. So wow. that hurts. That, that hurts. Can they play an extra year? <laughs> <laughs> Can you keep them around? <laughs> you know, you can't have the NCAA. I wish they were good in high school. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're going to be very young this year. We have no seniors, so we have four juniors. Uh, four juniors coming. Um, we have a couple of new, couple of new faces uh, for this year. So we have uh, a lot of news. We have a new association. So we're in North Carolina Christian School Athletic Association. We're in a new conference. So some of the things we've played, um, we've played a lot of those schools in the past, but this year it's going to be conference games. So I feel, I feel really good about yeah. it. I feel um, some of our goals, you know, it's, um, we just want to be very competitive. Yeah. We, want, we want competitive practices, and then we're going to have some roles of, of players who um, they were on the bench. They weren't really mm-hmm. playing quality minutes, you know, kind of sparingly here and there. And now they're going to be in pretty big roles. Yeah. They're going to be playing quality minutes. And, you know, when it comes crunch time, when it comes down the end of the game, they're going to be put in situations that they've never really been put before. Do you ever change a strategy because you see you got younger kids? Like, I would just try to think, how could I, you know, do something different that maybe could make me a little more competitive as a team? I think a lot of it is this year we're having to do um, – we're going to spend a lot more time on – maybe the basics of basketball as far as and I don't, I don't mean that as far as elementary type but um i think we kind of get away from it from just just the technical side of the game and um having the kids having them raise their iq mm-hmm. so i think basketball iq was one of the things that we've struggled with here in, in in past because a lot of times our kids they don't they're not playing basketball outside of the season we may have two or three that are playing outside of the season. So I think our strategy a lot of times is um, kind of getting them up up to speed, so, mm-hmm. to, so to speak. And, uh, you know, our strategy may be to get the ball into our best players' hands more. Last year we were pretty balanced, and so we could have five or six people that could score. This year we're, you know, we may have three people that could score. And so sometimes those strategies can change. And so our That's offenses can change. Our defenses can change based on size. Because as a high school, I mean, you know, last year we, we had – Six seven, six three, six three, six two, and and that's you know that's you good dominated size. there. That, that's good size for a high school team. Yeah. And this year, our tallest guy maybe six three. So you're losing that. So you got to shift. You have to shift. So it's not really like college to where that those coaches are recruiting for a certain style of play. You have to be able to adjust your style of play based on your personnel. I was just thinking as you were talking, I looked it up real quick on my phone, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outlier. Yep. And have you read that? I have read that. Okay, remember the coach, the high school coach, he had to take on the girls? Yes. And he was like, he started to notice in the game that they're not scoring, they're no yep. good, they can't dribble. Yeah. And so he realized the press, he put the press, that was his whole strategy, his whole strategy. press them, and they won the championship. Right. And every coach in the whole league was mad at him and everything. But he's like, i got to take advantage of the situations right. I'm exactly in and right. use it to, my, to the best. And that's what you're trying to do in your situation. That's, that's what you try to do. And so each, each year, your philosophy, you know, I, I, maybe not your philosophy, but, but your strategy does change. It does change each year. Yeah. And yeah. you're really working at it all year long because you go, you go to camps. And I do. You yeah. lead a camp here at our academy right. so you're you've got them moving all year 
And something that's time. something that's always been for me is that I one of the things I try to do to keep them motivated is to let them know what I'm doing mm-hmm. is to say, hey, I'm I'm going to this and I'm trying to do this and I'm going to these camps and maybe I'm going to these coaching clinics and right. trying to get better at, at at what I'm doing at my craft and hopefully they're trying to yeah. emulate that. So one of the big things has been for me for the last few years is um, PGC. So Ethan and I have gone to this camp. It's called PGC. It's called Point Guard College. And so it's came up. I went to a version of that when I was in high school, but it's really kind of um, uh, become a lot more well-known now. And it, it's, it helps coaches and also helps players as far as from a leading, a leading perspective, how do you lead a team, um, how do you motivate your team? How do you motivate your players? And so it's really, it's really good. And then it goes back to the one thing that we talked about earlier as far as your outcome, the wins and losses. One of the things they always say is they have great little phrases. It's called NATO, N-A-T-O, not attached to outcome. So they don't want you to be attached to the outcome. you got to be attached to the process for each and every day. Are we getting better? Are we better Tuesday than we were Monday? Are we better Wednesday than we were Tuesday? Are we better Thursday than we were Wednesday? Mm. So it's that process right. of daily feeding into it each time. That's good. That's you, good. Mentioned, you mentioned Ethan, <coughs> your son, yes, yes. and you're coaching him here at yeah. our academy. What's that like? How's that? That's tough. Is that fun? Is that fun for you and not it for is, him or both? Well, both it's, it's those things to where that um, – it's kind of a switch you have to turn off and on with dad and coach. Mm. And so now that he's driving, he probably he won't be driving home from practice and games <laughs> with me now. <laughs> yeah. So now we'll be in two separate cars. But usually when we when we would get in, the, the one thing that I try I try to do my best at was when we when we walked out of the gym and when we walked out of the car, um, it was not about basketball. Mm. It was more about school, life. How's things going with him? Things like that. Yeah. And so I would not bring up basketball. I would try. I wouldn't say it always, but I would try not to bring up basketball unless he wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So if he wanted to talk about it, then we would. But otherwise, I tried to. I tried to just turn that switch off. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, tell us a little bit about with your other athletes. What do you do with them in basketball to develop them spiritually in their walk with God on and off the court? Okay. Um, every. Every week, this is one thing that we started, um, is that I had never coached in a Christian school before. So I never attended Christian school until, until we came here. And so that was one of the things, is that how do I incorporate that? And so one of the things that we wanted to do was um, we want to start a thought of the week. And so we do a thought of the week. And we also do a Bible verse that goes with that thought. And so every day before practice, we share the thought and we share the verse. And we talk to... so. Each day to begin practice, they get a short devotion. So we always begin practice with prayer. We always end practice with prayer every day. We always begin every game with prayer. We always end every game with prayer um, in the locker room, um, also here on the court. And those are some of the things that we try to do on a daily basis. We've also read books together uh, as a team. We've read, I think I've made, made a few notes, we've read three books together as a team. So we'll take a book for the whole season. And uh, we'll do those. One of the best ones we ever read was Teammates Matter by Alan Williams. And he's now a pastor in Texas. But he was a walk-on at Wake Forest when Chris Paul was there when they were yeah. really good. You know, they were really good, one of the top teams in the, in the nation. And so we would give his story about what it means to be a teammate and how that relates to our walk with Christ. So we've, we've done those things together. We've done a book study. 
Um, and then it kind of goes back to other coaches and what I've seen as far as building relationships outside. We try to build that culture to where that we want to build a sense of community, kind of mm-hmm. like we've done here with our connect groups. We want to build that sense of community outside of the church walls, and we want to build a sense of community outside of the gym. So we, we have a Christmas party at our house every year. We'll have basketball watch parties at our house for the NCAA tournament or NBA games on Friday night. So we do that. Um, so that way we can hopefully build those relationships with them. We also um, we go watch college games. So we go watch local college teams play. We go watch former players who have gone on to play college. We go watch them play. And it's really just trying to connect with them and hopefully to be a Christ-like model hmm. for, for the young men that we, that we get to mentor. That's exciting. That's really That's cool. Good. I'm really yeah, proud of that. Proud of that. Be able to promote that as a pastor, even thinking yeah. that through. It's just wonderful. Yeah, we got definitely have a great school. So check yeah. us out, tbcanow.org. Uh, we're looking forward to this season, which is starting right away. And so we're excited about that. You can come out and see some of our basketball games here in our gym. I think you'll love that. So this has been a great time. Just yep. uh, thank you. encouraging time as well. So uh, like this episode, share it, follow it, and uh, we'll catch you on our next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on TBC Today. We want to connect with you. So make sure to visit our website, tbcnow.org, and subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon Music. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend and be on the lookout for our next conversation.